This is HPR episode 2891 entitled HPR Community News for August 2019 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 37 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in August 2019. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. This is the community news for August 2019. My name is Dave Morris. And strange and wonderful thing has happened. Not so wonderful, actually. A strange turn up is that uh, I'm here on my own. There's nobody else around. I haven't heard anything from any of the, uh, the usual crew. Um, Ken Fallon's not, uh, not around, seemingly. So, because we need this show to be prepared and out for Monday, I'm going to try and soldier on and do it on my own. So, sorry, there's only one voice to, to listen to this time. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably make it quite quick so you don't have to listen to me too long. So, first thing, there were no new shows in the month of August. There were no new hosts in the month of August, I should say. We'll start with show 2869, which is from Brian in Ohio, who is building a recumbent bicycle. And he's following in the footsteps of John Culp, who who made one some number of years ago and uh, gave us lots of information about how he'd done this. And um, it sounds very interesting indeed. There's lots of good links here and lots of information. No photos. I was disappointed there were no photos, but Brian, I think, uh, uh, slipped up and forgot to put the photos in. So there's a show coming up which will uh, fill in that uh, that gap. So John Culp says, as a comment to this show, Recycled Recumbents. What a pleasure to hear this show and to know I had some small part in inspiring you to do it. That's tremendous. I haven't ridden my recumbent in about a year, mainly because... When we moved to the new house, I didn't have room for it. It's still at my old house in the storage shed, but we've recently cleared out some space in the garage and I hope to bring it over and start riding it to work again. It still rides great and still elicits many comments from all who see it. Best of luck with yours. Mine was definitely the most satisfying project I've ever done. By the way, my daily ride now is the 1985 Schwinn World Tour I was working on in HPR episode 2154. I love this bike too. So the next show was from Ahuka, who's talking about uh, health and healthcare, and he's talking particularly about the hierarchy of evidence in uh, in determining what is good healthcare and and so forth. 
it's not enough to simply say a study shows, he says in his notes, without, without also looking at what kind of study it is, how powerful the results are. We look at different kinds of studies and rank them from top to bottom. This has been a great series. Most appreciated uh, hearing this. Very, very interesting. There's another one coming up later on in the, in the month, so we'll get to that shortly. So the next show was 2871, which was the community news show for last month. So we won't uh, dwell on that particular one. Next show is Mr. X, who is talking about shoelaces. And he makes reference to a TED Talk where the, the method of tying shoes, Terry Moore is the, uh, is the author of this one, Ter- uh, How to Tie Your Shoes, talking about how it's difficult if you're left-handed or if you're using the the less uh, tight or uh, granny knot style of doing things which can easily undo itself. What an interesting subject, I thought. No comments on this particular one. Tuturto gives us a show uh, entitled Death Angel, a card game. And this is a, a card game that can appeal to children and, uh, and adults and can cater for up to six players, which... Sounds, sounds very good. He links to where it's uh, it's described in uh, in a bit more detail, and he, he mentions some aspects of it in uh, in his show. So yeah, it uh, it's great great sort of stuff if you're into into board games, especially if you have children. Next show is from John Culp, who is still finding amazing things in various thrift stores. This one was Salvation Army, and it cost him ninety nine cents, and it's a Variable speed cassette recorder from, I think, GE's General Electric, is it? I think he says so in the, in the show. He found that it was in a non-functioning state with the, the battery compartment being corroded and the belt had uh, disintegrated pretty much. But he managed to uh, fix it, including a broken spring in the battery compartment. So uh, And he, he got it playing. And he demonstrated it to us uh, on the on the recording and there's some excellent photographs here if you want to go and look at them as always very impressive john is quite able to turn his hand to all manner of repairs <laughs> he's a very uh, resourceful fellow i think the next show was the the missing uh, series of pictures from from uh, brian in ohio pictures about his uh, recumbent bicycle uh, construction and he's he's got some pictures of the bikes he picked up to act as donors, and some the work he's done on cutting them up to uh, to make his his bike. And he references a uh, a site with um, information about how you would make such a thing, how you would build, design, and build a, a recumbent bike. So very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Pictures are great, most interesting. And uh, yeah, I would have missed them had they not appeared. <laughs> Next, Windigo makes an appearance after seeing him for a while. You know, he's he's. I don't recall when we last heard from him, but that does seem to have been a while. But uh, he's uh, he's a busy man, I know, and he mentions this in the show because his sounds off from uh, from his daughter. So anyway, he's um, doing some cooking. He's doing a, a recipe which he's uh, got from HelloFresh, which in, I was interested to find. It's also a company that uh, sells in the UK. and um, But this is his, his uh, adaptation of Sausage Orzotto. And he does 
the the thing that I would never think to do, which is to effectively dictate his show as he as he's cooking. So there are three comments on this. Um, during the show, Windigo mentioned that he might have uh, put too much salt in, and Bookworm comments salt. Many times, if you know there's too much salt, especially in soup, you can add half a peeled potato and it will absorb the salt. The potato can either be cooked and eaten or discarded. Windigo says, thanks Bugworm, I will definitely give that a try. I was motivated to comment on this one. I said, love this. I was right there with you in the kitchen. Hi Windigo, great show. I love the detail and the ambient sounds. I was preparing a giant batch of ratatouille as I listened for my kids who don't live with me but for whom I make dinner two or three times a week. Hearing you taking the picture, I dashed to the nose to look at it, but nothing. You forgot to add the picture. <laughs> i got a thing about pictures, obviously. So going back to the comments, still the meal sounded great. I said, best wishes, Dave. And the next show was one that I submitted, which... It's me talking about using a tool called Zenity with PD Menu. Um, it's under the heading of Bash scripting, but it's not strictly Bash scripts I'm writing. It's uh, it's little little bits of Bash command line stuff used with PD Menu. Zenity is a tool for displaying all sorts of dialogues like calendars and data entry boxes and this sort of thing. Um, I find it I find it really useful and interesting. I hope people will also find it at least a useful resource for future reference. Tutoto gives us another show uh, in the series on Haskell, where he is talking about type classes in that language. I didn't completely follow this. I, I must admit, I didn't understand how defining an EQ um, this is. Uh, EQ class, is it? Yeah, it's a class. How it actually I uh, defined what equality actually means. But I think, as I've said before, I'm really missing a lot with this. Not not to Turto's fault, but just the... Um, this is flying over my head still. <laughs> One day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to suddenly... You know, that, that light bulb's going to come on. And I'm going to... Oh, right. I hope so, anyway. But these are brilliant. And like I just said, resources, this is a fantastic resource for future reference. So if you if you want to get into Haskell and you do find that you can, then going back and looking at these are going to be so useful, I think. So many of our hosts were stepping up to the, the plate this month because we were pretty low on shows, I think, and they, they wanted to, to make sure that... Uh, the, the gaps are filled, and Mr. X is one such, and he was back with um, the start of a, a, a group of shows describing how he listens to podcasts, and uh, he's referencing the, uh, the various ways in which he downloads podcasts and listens to them, and he certainly had Sansa Clip, which is the way I tend to listen to stuff uh, in the past, and uh, he's using a Raspberry Pi Instead of a server, I think he said, um, well, as a server, because Raspberry Pi is well up to that sort of thing these days. But he's particularly using the package called Music on Console, MOC. I don't know if you actually call it Mock, but anyway, it's an NCurses console audio player. And um, there's, there's a pointer to information about it. And so that's how he plays back his podcasts. 
Um, he doesn't. Uh, I I was puzzled at this and wondered. Well, then, how do you move around and listen to this to stuff as you as you're uh, you know moving around your house and garden and whatever? But he hasn't said so. Hasn't explained that in this show. I don't think. But he will do. A hooker again is talking about the health and healthcare subject, and he's uh, talking about evaluating a study. We've developed the standards to judge. So now let's do an example. And uh, this is the last one in this particular group, at least for now. But he he provides a very clear description of how to check a study properly rather than going by the really awful information you find in most newspapers and other information sources these days where it seems that whoever has found the information and is then digesting it and uh, regurgitating it back to, to us has got no idea what they're talking about. They don't understand what it is at all. Science journalism, and obviously this is this is more of a science thing, seems to seems not to contain scientists or people with any science scientific knowledge. And um, but Hooker's uh, giving some some hints and, and tips here about how one can um, do this oneself, which is uh, which is amazing. Being self sufficient is very important in this case, I think. Next is Ken Fallon, who is doing a show which follows on from John Culp's show, 1771, where he's talking about audacity and labelling tracks. And he, Ken is using that plus Silence Finder to take the audio from a, an LP, which is, which is um, in the form of tracks, and slicing it up into, into those tracks because otherwise it would be very, very laborious. And uh, the method Ken's using is, is amazing. I didn't actually know you could do that. Um, so it's, a, it's an excellent recipe he's got here. John Culp comments, Automation is nice, he says. Thanks for the shout-out, Ken. I love this clever use of the silence finder. I've never tried this, but I definitely will next time I'm transferring an LP. Nicely done. So now we're at show 2882, and this is from Gabriel Evenfire, who we haven't heard from for about six years. And he's back talking about Onyx, which is his open network inspection command suite, which he, he spoke about back in show 1350. And um, he created this tool suite, which would allow the manipulation of packets and, um, in other words, data traffic. In, uh, in all sorts of ways. And so this is the start of a, a series of shows about this um, package and where he's going into quite a lot of detail. Uh, in this one, he's talking about basic commands. I think this suite is very impressive personally, and I love the way he goes through their use in a methodical way. I installed the original but um, had problems with it but I've reinstalled this one and uh, tried some examples, and it's great. But I've got a comment about this that I'm going to read out in a minute. So my comment was, great project and excellent show. I installed Onyx after your first show about it, but didn't use it much. I haven't had a great need to do network monitoring or troubleshooting in the interim. I reinstalled after this show and followed along with your examples and found them very helpful. The capabilities of Onyx seem very impressive. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Gabriel comes back to say, good to hear. Thanks for the feedback, Dave. And glad this 
that this installation went more smoothly than the last one. Next episode is in and I've scripted about half of the one to follow. So uh, he's, he's remembering that I stumbled over the installation back in uh, episode 1350. Um, but, uh, but now everything is nice and smooth in, um, in installing. So yeah, it it looks looks like it has a lot of promise. Does this? I'm looking forward to hearing more about uh, uh, more of a tutorial in how to use it. Tutoto is next with a another game, tabletop gaming type game, with a reference to to it on uh, boardgamegeek.com, and this is called Pass the Pigs, and uh, it's a sort of childhood game from from his childhood, and uh, you throw two pigs, two toy pigs. And they, depending on how they fall, how they land, which orientation, each each individually and in relation to one another, uh, <laughs> which I find quite fascinating, uh, you get or you get points or you get points taken away. So I can see that being really appealing to to young kids. So yeah, good stuff. John John Cope is still going through thrift stores and flea markets and stuff, and this time he's managed to find a most wonderful thing, which is a Tascam uh, four-track cassette recorder. There's a picture of it on the in the notes here. He found it in a bin full of junk, he said, and it was filthy, didn't have a power supply, and uh, so it cost only £5. But he managed to hack up a power supply from somewhere else, and uh, he took it apart completely and washed and, and cleaned everything and got it all, all back together again and, and working. So this particular show is, is uh, although there are pictures of him doing this, is largely about him using it to do some four-track recording, which is, which is amazing. I'll, I'll skip on to the comments. So Clinton Roy says, fantastic. Thank you so much for this episode. I've never heard someone go through this process. It was wonderful to go along the ride with you. Tutoto says, awesome. This was really great episode to listen to. Reminded me of times when we mess around with four tracks as students. Jesra says, super fun. What a fun episode. Thank you. Did you determine the HPR melody by ear or did you happen to stumble upon some sheet music? I should have said that what John actually did was to record step by step in four tracks with, with four instruments uh, a version of the HPR theme tune. So John replies, by ear. Thanks for the comments, you all. There's no sheet music as far as I'm aware. I sat down and wrote out a chord sheet about 10 minutes before I started recording. Haha, I've been doing this a long time and it's not a very hard song. It does have one strange chord progression that I had to think about a couple of times before I figured it out, but otherwise it's pretty easy. I also ran through the melody a couple of times on the harmonica. It was fun. Perhaps sometimes I'll do a proper job of it and make a recording without any annoying mess-ups that can actually be used as the outro music, which, as an aside, I would very much like to hear. Next comment is from McNallo, who says, Four tracks for the win, 40W. Love this show. Had a four-track man, which was a model up from this, I think, a Porter Sound 04. I got it in 1987 or 1988 and recorded a lot of music on it pushed it to its absolute limit by bouncing tracks. In fact, I still have that four track and all the cassettes, so I promise herewith to dig it out from the back of the cupboard and see if it works in an upcoming HVR show. Thanks, John. Superb stuff. John Cop says, can't bounce. Hey, McNallo, that would be great to hear you do a show about your four track. 
One of the things mine can't do is bounce multiple tracks down to one and free up tracks for more. So I guess he means sort of compress, fill up multiple tracks and then compress them down to one. The Porter O2 is really minimal. Bouncing is a key feature of typical four tracks and it would fill a significant gap in my coverage if you talked about that for us. I'd love to hear that. The final comment, number seven, is from Johan V. Great show, he said. I was listening to this with a big smile on my face. It was great fun to hear you actually create this piece of craftsmanship. So, yeah, yeah, my, my two penneth is that uh, I thought it was brilliant. I loved, the, loved listening to it, and um, I would love to hear more about what you can do with four-track recorders. I've never had any experience with this sort of stuff. It sounds amazing. So, to show... 2885 is the second Onyx show from Gabriel Evenfire. And in this case, he is dealing with, um, working with a sample file which is included in the Onyx distribution, which you can download with Git to, uh, to work with. And he's, he's dissecting it effectively with the, the tools in the, uh, in the, the, the package. So I tried several of the actions myself and found, uh, that, there's some really useful tools there, and um, I'm a, have had a little go at uh, using this to monitor network traffic on my home network just to see what on earth is, is going on. It's a subject that I'm quite interested in, though I've never really uh, done it uh, professionally, not not with IP, IP TCP IP stuff, um, or with X25 way back in time. But... Uh, yeah, this this is great. I'm looking forward to more of these, as I probably said last time. Uh, it's um, there's some there's some excellent tools here, and the explanation are brilliant. I'm really enjoying this. So next we have operator who is talking about well, the, his title is info second, and he's talking about IT and information security, and particularly about getting into that into the field of information security. So he's, um, he's to all intents and purposes, talking about how to get a job in information security. You do need a background in IT and be prepared to repair things that are broken and, and have that sort of mindset. But, uh, but he, he does give some excellent advice here for somebody who might be uh, hunting for a, for a job in this area. So, yeah, an excellent show, I think. And next we have Lost in Bronx, who is starting a new group of shows sub-series or something of that sort in the tabletop gaming series where he's uh, play testing a new role-playing game that he uh, he and his his collaborators i guess are uh, putting together based on his star drifter series of books and short stories so star drifter if you've not uh, heard of it is um austin bronx's uh, book series and you can find them on archive.org they're not linked here but i think you'll have no difficulty in in finding them if you uh, do a google search for them and uh yeah what they were doing here is there's a round a round table grouping which were looking at the rules of the, the game discussing them and uh, refining them and it to me it sounded sounded most interesting the hearing something of the behind the scenes aspects of this this process. We had a couple of comments here from one from Tuturto who says eagerly waiting for more. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to have more of this to listen to. 
interesting topic and very close to my heart. Obviously, uh, Tutorial being a tabletop game fan. Ken Fallon comments, a future podcast in the future feed. And he gives a link to a feed on the HPR website, rss-future.php, which will give you access to shows which have not been released yet. So uh, that's a way of <laughs> giving into your uh, impatience and, and, and getting uh, an early look at, at stuff. He and I don't do this very much because we, we like to, to say that we, we don't listen to stuff before it comes out. And that's, uh, that's the case unless it might be some something very, very rare occurrences, very, very rare occasions do we do that. But, uh, but you're free to do that if you wish. Toto has been extraordinarily busy this month and he's produced another show, 2888, Pattern Matching in Haskell, the one in the series of, of Haskell, another one of his, his tutorials, effectively. And it's, um, it's a look at how you, you would um, make, make functions which effectively are matching patterns. Um, and I felt I was almost grasping this. It's the thing about Haskell. In many cases, it's just sort of on the edge of understanding. <laughs> so I'm hoping I shall get beyond that into full understanding before before too many years are out. <laughs> Calling it pattern matching confused me a bit because I was thinking in terms of regular expressions and that type of thing, but that's that, that's not effectively what it what it means. But uh, it's another reason why Haskell's a little bit. Uh, difficult to understand I find because the, the terminology is is strange I still haven't got my head around what a monad is but uh, anyway that's for another time so yeah brilliant thank you very much for these as always very very well uh, documented and uh, a great source of reference for the future Mr X gives us the next show which is part two of his how he listens to podcasts and of course the answer to the question that I I didn't pose was well it posed in my head uh, of how do you listen to your Raspberry Pi that's running MOC uh, mock playing your podcast and still walk around the house and and do do things and the answer is uh, cordless headphones so uh, he he talks about this and gives some pictures of the the headphones various ones he's uh, he's had over the years i guess and starts talking about how to control mock from uh, a remote place and he's talking about using a small laptop to do it perhaps but um, there's more to more to follow explaining the details excellent idea for show i think i found it quite fascinating and uh, it's it's a, it's an alternative way to the way i do podcast listening i put them onto my onto a, a stack of players that I have that I've talked about before um, but this is this is a, a great alternative most intrigued amazing to find different solutions to the to the problem that you think you have the definitive solution to <laughs> so yeah it's a great thing about HBR eh? now one thing just scrolling through the photos here he's got a picture of a Nokia N810 which he said at one point he used to use to to play back I think he said he used it to play back podcasts a wonderful little phone fantastic thing i never had one myself seen them uh never managed to get hold of one 
I did have a the other one, the is it N seven seventy briefly, but it, it it must have been a dud one because it didn't didn't live very long. But uh, yeah, it's a shame there's not devices like this around. I, I would, I mean, smartphones are all fine and dandy. Don't like touch screens very much because fingers are great. Well, my fingers are great, lumpy things, and uh, it's really hard to be accurate with them. Anyway, that's an. I'll stop wittering about this. So the final show of the month is from Ahuka, who is talking about PenguinCon, and he uh, he he does this as a, as an annual thing. He goes to PenguinCon every year and gives a report on uh, his experiences there, which I found uh, I always find to be most interesting. Sounds like a great great convention. Not a thing I would probably ever manage to get to, but uh, still sounds really good. Glad he does this during his talking about uh, the events there he said he'd been along to a, a workshop i think he said where there was um they were doing some training in soldering and uh, he said it as soldering and pointed out that uh, for the the people on the other side of the atlantic uh, he would use the word soldering and uh, sort of quizzed as to whether that is the way we say it over over here so um i commented couldn't hold myself back. I said, hi, Ahuka. I always enjoy your reports from PenguinCon. This one was great. As to your reflection on the pronunciation of the word solder, S-O-L-D-E-R, I have a few remarks. The word is derived from the Latin solidare, to make solid. Yes, the British do generally pronounce it to rhyme with colder and folder. It seems to make sense given that its form is very similar. Pronouncing folder as fodder even in dialect, would be very confusing, for example. The French equivalent is souder, S-O-U-D-E-R. And uh, I've said in in the comment, it sounds to my ears like S-O-O-D-A-Y, souder. I've seen it suggested that the USA pronunciation is derived from the French. So I say, language is fun. I recently bought a Chinese hot air soldering gun an SMD rework station from Amazon. I particularly like the legend on the box which says, Soft and spiral wind can welds all chips. Soft and spiral wind can welds all chips. Which I think is one of the words to live by, I say, smiley face. But uh, it's it's just a rather wonderful way of putting it. It's like a, like a haiku or something. So that's it. That's everything. That's all the shows, all the, the comments with those shows. Now, what we do is we also read out uh, and talk about the comments which have come in during the past month, but relating to uh, older shows, shows before the current month. And there were several. There were seven comments on two previous shows, in fact. But, um, and the show, one, the first show was 2859, which is one of the New Year's Eve shows put together by Honky Magoo, number part seven. Um, but there was, I believe, some discussion about guns and uh, the whole issue of the USA and the right to, to bear arms and carry guns and AK-47s and all of that stuff. Uh, Mike Ray sent in several comments on this, and uh, I tend to agree with, with a lot that, that he said, though... Uh, not necessarily in the way he said it, but that's just a matter of uh, of opinion, of style or something. But um, 
I don't think it's entirely appropriate for me to, to read these out. Apart from anything else, they're long and detailed, and uh, you'd probably do better reading them rather than me reading them to you. Reading them yourself might be the better way of going ahead. And, of course, they're all there uh, the end of show 2859 so I'd encourage you to if you if you, if you would like to um, follow through with this uh, discussion that you go and look at them there the other show that had comments in the past month was 2863 which was from Beza where he spoke about simplified application architectures for improving security he was talking about the ways that uh, applications can that you're writing things that you're compiling and writing um, can bring in tons and tons of external libraries and you don't necessarily know how safe they are so perhaps static a static linking process would be the way forward the comment is from Clacke and it's entitled dynamic versus static linking doesn't matter thank you for your thoughts he said i started listening thinking i would agree but i didn't vulnerabilities do not generally come in through technical details like what style of linking is used your attack surface remains the same vendoring the code doesn't help either that's just a distribution and versioning issue the only real way to reduce dependencies is to reduce them. Write the code ourselves or make sure we fully understand our dependencies. Here's an article that goes further into this and he gives a link which I won't read out. So, um, yeah, that's that's a very interesting view. I, I tended to side with Beza, but Clacker's comments um, helped to, to clarify my thoughts a bit there, I think. So, thanks for that. So, next we usually look at the mailing list and um, there's a threaded discussion the, the messages are threaded on um, on the website and there's a link in the notes here which will take you to that particular place and there were two main threads really the first one was from Ken Fallon I'm not going to read these out but uh, I'll just try and summarize them briefly first one is from Ken who is putting forward the idea that we need to be uh, filling up the next two weeks worth of shows as a priority rather than just the, the next one week's worth of shows um, and the reason for that is because each weekend I upload the next week's worth of shows five shows to the internet archive archive.org that is and that's where our feed gets the, the shows from and sends, uh, sends them to your podcatcher so getting um, ahead of the game that that way means that uh, the, uh, the complexities of being ready for the coming week are uh, eased somewhat. And uh, the comments to this are pretty much supportive, I think, so we'll leave it at that. The second thread is from Lost and Bronx, and he's talking about uh, an idea for, for a new HPR series, and he's referring to the late Lord Drakenblut, who had a series called Ten Buck Review, where he reviewed movies from the bargain bin at Walmart that were $10 or less. And uh, Lostenbrooks is suggesting that an, a series be started for HPR called Lord D's Film Reviews, where uh, an online source uh, is used to, to get, a, get hold of a movie uh, somewhere like archive.org and to do a review of it um, with 
some of the ideas from Lost and Bronx's Random Elements of Storytelling series being uh, used to uh, to do that analysis. It sounds like a brilliant idea, I think. So it's Lord D's reviews because the series is dedicated to him. So uh, that's um, that sounds to me like a like a fantastic idea. There's quite a bit of discussion about this, which essentially, uh, I think I'm right in saying, ends up with everybody being pretty much in, a, in agreement with that as a, as a suggestion. So, as I say, I'm not going to go through the, the detail of it because it's there for you to, to read yourself um, on the, the website. So, uh, and time is, time is of the essence here, I think. Now, Ken um, likes to go through the lwn.net community calendar at this point i'm going to skip that one because uh there's there's i'm not quite sure i'm equipped to point out the the most important bits and pieces there except to say that old camp is coming up in october but uh, you probably know that already and a number of hcr people will be there so i'll leave you to uh, to examine that yourself and um, the links in the notes final thing is me uh mentioning that i've added 10 more shows to the um the group of shows which have tags and summaries so try and do a number every month can't always get to them just managed to managed it by a matter of days this one this month so we're gradually whittling away at the uh, the number so if you care to contribute you would be very very welcome so i'm going to leave it here and um I'm just speculating, having looked at the mailing list, that the reason Ken isn't here, I hope there's nothing, uh, no no problems at home or anything, he may have forgotten it because I I failed to get the the weekly, um, the monthly, I should say, message out to the list saying uh, Saturday is the recording of the community news. And I have no idea why it failed. It just, it was sent, but it, I didn't notice that it never came back to me on the on the list. So um, something needs sorting out on the mailing list, I think. So, but anyway, hopefully this wasn't too tedious with me rabbiting on uh, for getting on towards an hour now, I guess. Hopefully less when I trim off the uh, silence. But um, anyway, I hope you found it useful. And uh, that's it. Goodbye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.